0: You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, The Lives of Bugs and Men, the best of Season 4.
1: Hello?
2: John, can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you fine. It's Howard. Yes, I know it, Howard. Where are you calling from?
2: I'm in the country, but I'm still on my cell phone. I wasn't sure if there'd be a good reception.
1: Uh huh. No, you're coming in. You're coming in clear.
2: I told you I got a cell phone, eh?
1: I I know about the cell phone. Yeah. W- what are you doing in the country?
2: Well, I'll I'll tell you in a sec. I just want to tell you that you know what. I know I've caused you so much grief
1: what, what, in my life, John. What are you talking about? Uh,
2: but, you know, I'm always calling you up with some scheme. I got some new job, all my crazy shenanigans.
1: And... No, no, that's not true, Howard. Anyway,
2: yeah. I, I just want to let you know that, that I, I've taken charge of my life, and, I, and everything's okay now.
1: What, what are you talking about?
2: I, I've decided to, to, to be a beekeeper. I'm taking care of bees. i got a family of bees, little children that I'm taking care of, and it's just beautiful.
1: Wow, that's uh can you hear it I, I i certainly can, and I mean, you you may not believe this, but I mean, I know you know normally you call me up on the telephone and you tell me about your new scheme, and i, I i'm I'm always a little uh, skeptical, but yeah, i, I got I gotta tell you, I mean this sounds great. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've always had a secret wish, you know to be a beekeeper. is that so yeah, yeah that that is true,
2: but you're not gonna do that now right because i'm I'm a beekeeper now.
1: Uh, well... Well, you know,
2: I don't I, really need competition, you know. like
1: It's its not, I mean, it's not a competitive sport, beekeeping. I,
2: like, do you even, you know, like, do you know what like what's called, like, where the bees are kept?
1: An apiary. It's
2: called an apiary. Yeah, and, you know, because I was feeling so peaceful before, and now I'm, I'm feeling all kind of anxious and competitive.
1: You know what? I'm really sorry that I even, uh, that I mentioned anything. But that's
2: okay. I'll just let the bees calm me down to the peacefulness of it. You I get stung every so often. That's okay, though.
1: Are you really getting stung?
2: But I'm okay. I, I, Can I it,
1: ask you a question? And and how long have you been beekeeping?
2: Oh, about, about a day and a half now, a good day and a half, two days. I, I, I bought the whole kit for about 25 bucks and, uh who,
1: who did you get this from?
2: Uh, basically, Nick, the delivery guy, was doing this as a sideline... And he's just very busy, you know, delivery service is quite demanding. But, but Howard,
1: I, I know, you know, from what little research I did into beekeeping, that it could be very costly. I mean, even just getting yourself a queen bee could could be very expensive.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, he, he didn't have a queen. Uh, it's mostly for mating and stuff. I'm trying to have a more, a more clean kind of hive. I don't want a whore hive. She'd be all snooty anyway. I want the queen bee, you know. Uh, no, so I think you She's need... better than me, better than the other bees. Uh,
1: uh... You, I mean, you're not going to be able to produce honey unless there's a queen bee. I mean, that's just a fact of nature.
2: Yeah, you, know? you know, I've got that whole queen bee thing covered anyway.
1: Well, what do you mean you've got that covered?
2: I basically found a dead field mouse, and I shoved it full of peanuts and honey, and everything seems to be fine. Can you hang on one second? Yeah. Stripey. Stripey be good. Don't. Leave leave Cocoa alone.
1: You're talking to the bees, right?
2: Yeah. But uh-huh. I give them names.
1: Of course. I
2: like got Bumble. Mm thingy, uh, stripey there.
1: H- and how, I don't even know why I'm asking this, but how can you tell them apart?
2: Well, I just named them by how they look. Coco's more cocoa colored. It's fuzzy. You're the fuzziest. Jennifer.
1: Why, why Jennifer?
2: She looks like a Jennifer. Mm-hmm. They're nice. They're
1: good bees. Your $20 kit didn't include a veil and gloves and stuff to oh, wear? Yeah, it
2: was all there. I just, I, I opted out. I really want to be at one with the bees, you know, just to... <laughs> Oh, I swallowed. I swallowed the beat. Oh. Oh, stuck me in the neck. Inside. In my esophagus, I think. Oh, Howard, that doesn't sound oh, good. The, the neighbor's gesturing to me. Yes, sir? Okay. Mm. That's very rude. He told me I'm all swollen. He's basically calling me fat. I know I'm a little out of shape here. I've been sitting here eating honey for a day and a half.
1: Wait, you have you've already started producing honey?
2: No, not successfully yet. That'll eventually happen. Uh-huh. Basically, it's, being around these bees has really put me in the mood for honey. So I bought a whole bunch of honey. I uh-huh. uh, just need a lot of honey, and I've been feeding the bees honey. They seem to like it, kind of gorging themselves out of it, actually. And I've been mean, also trying to work on the maybe as a sideline to have ow, a bee beard. I thought maybe I've been kind of smearing myself with honey.
1: That, that could be dangerous
2: I know, but I, I'm working on it slowly I'm starting off just a little bit on my chin I'm trying to go for a, like a little bee goatee Maybe then I'll work into like maybe a, a bee Van Dyke
1: Because you, you want to take this slow, right?
2: Yeah, then I'll work my way up to the bee beard
1: And what's your plan? I mean, are you, you're going to go into the honey business?
2: Eventually honey will be part of this whole operation here But, you know, I don't have the patience or the desire to sit there and start taking the honey And getting the cheesecloth and, you know I, all this business. I'm just going to take the whole mess, you know, the honey, and the parts of the hive, and bits of leg, that kind of thing. A bit of a wing, whatever. Bees don't have the common sense to get out of there, and I'm just going to push it all through some kind of blender or grinder or something.
3: But how? how that sounds. That
1: sounds. That sounds awful. I mean, it. It sounds dis- disgusting, and and I mean, and, and and no one wants to eat bees.
2: Bears eat bees. When a bear goes into the woods and he puts his head in the hive and he grabs all the honey and bits of the honeycomb, he's licking off his face and he's rubbing his tummy in the bees. Well,
1: that's because, I mean, a bear's a bear. I mean, it's an animal. It's
2: a mammal. We're mammals. Some people, when they buy their orange juice, they want extra pulp. You know, it's not for everybody. Not everybody likes the extra pulp. But this is for those who really have a sense of, you know... The entire process.
1: Okay, alright. Howard, honestly, I mean, this just seems like. Howard, how many times have you been stung?
2: I'd say about every 20 to 40 seconds has been steady.
1: I mean, do you even know if you're allergic to bees?
2: I just think I need some air. Howard, you're outside. My mouth is so dry. Waiter, can I have a glass of ice water, please?
4: Howard, who are you talking to? I don't know
2: what you're saying. If you can just get some of these beads off me. No, Stripey, I don't want to make a beard now. I'm just going to lie down for a bit.
4: Howard, you don't sound good.
2: You know, you're just trying to undermine me again.
4: How am I trying to undermine me? I'm not...
2: You, stab me. you don't have your... Whoa. business. Yet. Okay, Howard. You don't spin the world on me. Why is everything spinning? You're trying to undermine me. I'm stingy! Even Stingy stung
5: me!
1: Uh-oh. Howard, can you just tell me where you are so I can come down there?
2: I don't tell you anything. You, you stay for my bees. H- I don't want... Wha- my bees.
1: Howard, I don't want your bees.
2: You, think you run? Fly? Bubbly. bubbly
1: Howard, I tell me you. where you are. I'm going to come down there. Never. I'll help you.
2: There away. back Ow! <laughs> Howard?
4: Howard? Howard?
1: doctor. I find myself, for reasons inexplicable to me or my loving family, to have woken up this morning, transformed into a cockroach. I am reasonably certain this is not a dream. Can you help? I am usually in very fine fettle in the morning, but as a result of my new condition, I find myself unable to go into work. And while my life has never been what you might call a bed of roses... This unfortunate turn of events has certainly made it worse. By way of example, this letter has been composed by painstakingly mashing my antennae into the keys of my father's typewriter. It has taken me close to four hours and has left me with a horrendous migraine. I write to you because I have heard of your brilliance and your keen appreciation for the absurdity of this world. Please help. Yours, Gregor Samsa,
3: Prague. Samsa, I've only just opened your letter. Fear not, worry neither, we'll soon have you better. You might feel like a freak, but I'll make you quite well. Your problem's unique, yet your name rings a bell. A silkworm, I knew, used to live in a trillium. I think his name was Samsa, or was it Fitzwilliam... Oh well, please forgive me, forgive me, my mind is a haze. One really meets so many faces nowadays. If you ooze like a slug or you prick like a cactus, every ill-feeling bug finds his way to my practice. Whether dozens of styes mar your hundred-eyed face, whatever your ailment, you're in the right place. Not to brag, but I've never yet failed to determine whatever root causes were vexing a vermin. Rest assured, I'll endeavor to glean and deduce. You'll be better than ever, or my name isn't Seuss.
1: Dear Dr. Seuss, Perhaps you do not understand, and for this, I am probably to blame for not having made this point more clear. While I am now a cockroach, I was not always one. I was born a man, and am now a bug. Do you see? Is this even pertinent to my case? I mention it only in the interest of aiding your diagnosis. I hope I have not offended you with my quibbling. If I have, the only defense I can offer is that I have not been myself. I feel that time is of the essence in this matter, because without my being able to go into the office, I fear my whole family will all too soon wind up in the poorhouse. To my great embarrassment, my father has already taken to eating his meals with lesser employees of the bank. Very sincerely, Gregor Samsa. P.S. Pardon me if this is a rude question. But I must ask, is metrical rhyme an American mode of correspondence? If so, I apologize for not responding in kind. Were circumstances different, that is, were I not a bug, I would have very much enjoyed the challenge. As it is, though, typing even the simplest of prose taxes me for hours.
3: The way that I speak gets a comment each time. Some people have accents, while I like to rhyme. Just as those who I treat might have thorax or stinger, but nothing that ever resembled a finger, it's simply my way. I mean nothing by it. If you'd digits to type with, I'd tell you to try it. But still, this attempt to be merely convivial can backfire sometimes and make me seem trivial. And then I am forced to make mollifications by dryly reciting my qualifications. See, I'm a doctor who chiefly helps insects particular. A recap, just briefly, of my Vitae curricular. One patient of mine, a tubercular chigger, was referred by a June bug who'd shrunk then got bigger. I made the arrangements and booked him a trip to a mulberry thicket for that flea with the grip. And there did he rest and sip syllabub tea, but the thicket's the ticket for curing a flea. A potato bug who would eat nothing but onions, a millipede suffering from two thousand bunions, a night crawler who could crawl only by day, a mantis who lost the volition to prey, a fruit fly whose flying resisted fruition are just a short list of the kinds of conditions I've treated, and all were made well, double quick. I'm the one who they call when a crawly is sick. But cockroach to human? Or vice or verse? What a mystery, a new one, confounding. What's worse is I've leafed through the pages of yellowing journals, through thoughts from the sages I've sifted for kernels, and no one, it seems, has devised an approach for how to return to a man from a roach. For the nonce, I'd advise some geranium juice, but stop if it turns your extremities' pews, and I will consult with my college chum Bruce. Till then, stay strong, Samsa, your loyal friend, Seuss. (laughs)
1: Dear Doctor, Please forgive me for my presumption, but I fear you may not appreciate the gravity of my situation. I am a hideous monster, and I'm only getting worse. Earlier today, my own father lobbed a basket of apples at me, one of which is still embedded in the soft flesh of my back. Our charwoman, too, has grown weary of my grotesque physical appearance. And whereas once she entered my room with good-natured shouts of, "'Come out, you old cockroach!' when I hid beneath the couch, now she threatens to crack me on the crown with a chair when I crawl too close. At your word, I am prepared to have my dear sister, the only one who seems to be able to stomach me, pack me into a wooden crate with air holes and ship me to your office. My fate rests in your hands. Please, doctor." You are my only hope. Yours, G. Samsa.
3: Oh, Samsa, descriptions like that are invidious. It's human and callous to call yourself hideous. I reckon among those of similar breed, you're actually handsome, quite handsome indeed. Remember, when tempted to heap self-reproach, that he who formed lilies created the roach. But now to this new fact with which I must grapple. You say you've been wounded, that now there's an apple that's currently making its home in your home and your back? Is it in the soft tissue? Did your carapace crack? I've questioned my colleagues and asked my attorney about your perhaps maybe making the journey to see me and thereby see your problems ended. Alas, the consensus is not recommended. The trip is too long, and they would not allow a cockroach through customs. Plus, I don't see how it would anyway help ease your suffering and pain." "'The cost of the postage alone is insane. "'But do not lose hope. Disregard the above. I have news. "'I've engaged the services of a carrier jub-jub bird flying to you, "'and in his big berries, one green and one blue. "'True the blue thirty times, and the green thirty-two. "'In a week's time you'll see that you'll be good as new. "'Now rest and eat lots of magnolia custard "'and rose-hip souffle and some dewdrops with mustard, "'and pay special mind if you're starting to blister.' "'Wash the area daily. "'You mentioned a sister. "'Is she the one there who might broker a truce? "'Samsa, please take good care. "'Concernedly, Seuss.'
1: "'Dear Doctor, "'I feared at the beginning of this ordeal "'that I was no longer me, "'and now I know this certainly to be the case.' At first I thought my change had to do merely with the physical, with this horrifying metamorphosis, but now I see that it is much deeper than that. I used to wonder, in my idle moments in a train carriage or an unfamiliar hotel bedroom, when I was still traveling for my work, what might I do if ever my scant good fortune ran out? Well, Gregor, I used to think to myself, that would be easy. If I ever became a burden to the family, I would simply walk out the front door and throw myself in front of a team of carriage horses. You have told me to stay strong, not to give up, as if the two were opposite things. But I'm afraid you are mistaken. We both are. Sometimes, to give oneself up, one must be strong. In Thanks for Your Friendship, I have composed for you a rhyme. It's the first one I've written since my boyhood, and you'll have to pardon me if it isn't very good. You shall be remem- remembered as the doctor who tried to determine what turned Gregor Samsa to vermin. Forgive me. I was not able to get any further. Goodbye, dear Dr. Seuss. Samsa. I amsa
3: I read your last letter with no small alarm It sounds like you're fixing to do yourself harm I know that you feel like you've got nothing left Like your time has run out You're abandoned, bereft of all hope That you've been forced to bear it in silence Your family's scorn, their indifference, their violence I take it the jubjub bird failed to arrive So how, my dear friend, will we keep you alive? I'd recommend exercise plenty of fruit But finally see that such bromides are moot Samsa, I need you to marshal your will. There isn't a purgative poultice or pill or anything else on the pharmacy shelf that will make you so healthy as much as yourself. You think your new body has made you a bother. You hold yourself guilty while blameless. Your father, Gregor, we'd all die if physical beauty was needed for others to render their duty. Ever since our first letter, I've had this strange notion that I'd make you better, ignoring the ocean that makes up the distance that renders you useless. that despite my persistence, I've been worse than useless. I'm astonished at times when I think of the past, of my thousands of rhymes, of how life is so vast. I'm left then to wonder how anyone gleans a purpose or sense of what anything means. It's not ours for the knowing, it's meaning... Abstruse. We'd both best be going. Your loving friend, Seuss.
5: Dear Doctor, I found your letters among my brother's things when my parents and I were cleaning out our flat in preparation of moving. It is my sad duty to inform you that Gregor died some three weeks ago, perhaps from his injury, an act for which my father blamed himself for days on end, although I doubt it. I think Gregor may well have starved himself to death. When the charwoman found him, she pushed at his body with the handle of her broom, and he slid across the floor with no more weight than a dried leaf. Before our charwoman disposed of him, I took one last look and saw that Gregor's shell had cracked open, and just underneath were little wings. He was a beetle, not a cockroach as we had feared. A beetle, nothing more. Even the word is lovely. I know that ever since his childhood, Gregor had always had very vivid dreams of flight that left that left him happy in the morning. If only he himself had known, I kept thinking. At any rate, dear doctor... I thought you should know what befell my poor brother, and to thank you for all your efforts in his behalf. If you should find yourself ever in Prague, please consider yourself most welcome in our home. Sincerely, Greta Samsa.
0: hello hey mom Johnny what's the matter?
1: No nothing's the matter um, So how come you're calling sweetheart just like you know to to, the, how, to see how you're doing
0: Oh that's nice I'm fine. How are you darling
1: I'm good um, you know I've, I've just I've been thinking a lot about the um, the universe what and what the, universe? Did, um, did you did you raise me with any belief in like what happens um, after you die
0: I don't think we talked about it to be honest.
1: Well, what do do you think? I mean, what were you... you...
0: I'd like to believe that the soul goes to heaven. I don't have these kind of thoughts about the universe and this and that. I just think of what am I going to make your father for supper? How am I going to get the laundry done? How am am I going to do this? Where am I going to go?
1: Do you ever think about um, whether there might be any other universes besides ours?
0: I don't have a clue, Johnny. Ask me how to make a meatloaf. That's more my line of questions.
1: So the fact that the universe is accelerating doesn't... The, what does the, that mean, accelerating? I'm not sure myself. Going
0: faster? Speeding up,
1: yeah. I don't know where it's speeding up to.
0: I don't believe in all this ghibli I don't believe in UFOs. Mm-hmm. Why, you think that there's another world? Oh,
1: I have no idea. That
0: people are living on Mars and things like that? I don't know. Nah, the way the world is today with the Internet, we would know if there's life there. hmm the sun and the moon and the stars. Your father, he's
1: the expert. He knows everything. Is uh, is Dad at home?
0: He's in the basement. Do you want me to call him?
1: Uh, a, Yeah, if he's not busy, sure.
4: Buzzy! Uh,
0: Buzzy, it's Johnny! Get
4: the phone! Hello?
1: Uh, Dad? Yeah. Um, I was just talking with Mom about the universe mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what might happen after you die
4: mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Do you, do you ever think about that stuff?
4: Sure, every day. Really? You do? Yeah. What for? Just like this. Hi, please.
1: But And you never talk about it with Mom, I guess?
4: No. I'm not interested, so just.
1: Do you think there might be any other universes besides ours?
4: Uh. Yeah. Where why not? are they? Where are they?
1: Universe is uh, the, of course the universe is is
0: opinions. I don't even know what the hell he's talking about there.
1: Well, what do you, what do you think happens after you die, Dad?
4: First of all, there's there's a lot of a lot of information that goes into our minds and our body, and we're we're filled with electrons, and when we're born, until the day we die, there's a lot of information and experience that we gather. That's not lost. It's a half life. Even in science, a half life. Is any matter that's destroyed can go on for billions of years?
0: Well, this conversation is not for me. Do you think I can hang up now? No, no. Stay on the phone. But for I'm a not interested in this. I have no patience to listen to this. It's all well. So don't you want to know how your husband feels? Well, I don't about... know what he's talking about. Universe, universe.
1: Well, hang, hang, hang on a know second. Wait. I do about Just these
0: what... kind of things.
1: Uh, wait. So uh, what are you saying? So what do you think happens?
4: I think that uh, that uh, there's, there's something that continues. The soul. The soul is immortal.
1: Do you think that you sort of travel through the cosmos alone, or do you think you'll you'll, you'll you know remain with your wife?
4: Oh, I hope I do.
1: Through eternity, we're talking. About. I can
4: only—that's only hope.
1: But we're talking about through eternity.
4: Oh, I don't. I hope. <laughs> I want my wife to be near me for the rest of eternity, oh, and that's I why we're buried are. together.
0: Oh, but stop it! I don't like this conversation. I told you. All right, you.
1: fine. Um, what? What dad? Do you do you do you ever think about um, do you ever think about heaven? Do you believe in? Heaven? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What do you think it's like?
4: I don't know. What I I, I can only say what I'd like it to be. Mm. I can't. I don't know, and I wouldn't even begin to know what it's like. But I'd like to tell you what I think it's like. Is that we we meet all our ancestors and we're together again.
0: It's a nice thought, Buzz. Yeah. It's a beautiful thought.
4: Yeah.
0: Why wouldn't that be nice if it was true? Yeah.
4: And I do believe that. I, I I think that we will. Yeah? Yeah.
0: You really believe that? Yes. That's a nice thought, Buzz. I hope your dad was able to answer your questions. And I'm sorry, I don't really know about No,
1: I, I mean, I don't even know if I was looking. I don't think I was looking for an answer, but I did sort of want to there know.
4: There is no answer, Johnny. Yeah. The cosmos is infinite, mysterious, beautiful, and unending. And is a place for all of us. In it. I would not run from the hall of I would not run from the bar. I'd welcome the chance to meet my maker and fly into the sun. Fly into the sun. Fly into the sun. I'd break up into a million pieces and fly into the sun. To end this mystery. And some my mystery. And look at this as a wondrous moment to end this mystery.
0: Fly into the sun. On Wiretap today, you heard the Gregor Samsa, Dr. Seuss letters, written and read by David Rakoff and Jonathan Goldstein. The role of Greta Samsa was read by Julie Snyder. You also heard Howard Chakowitz and Buzz and Dina Goldstein. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira bertwin and Carolyn Warren. Production assistance from Crystal Duhane. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. Reach us to our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.